the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another episode of Sideline Sanity with me, Michelle Tafoya, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There has never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Go to LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Have you ever heard the, the metaphor of the frog in the boiling water? Listen to this because I think it, it's really relevant right now. The boiling frog story is generally offered as a metaphor, cautioning people to be aware of even gradual change, lest they suffer eventual undesirable consequences. This is sort of like death by a thousand cuts. Okay, stay with me. It may be invoked in support of a slippery slope argument as a caution against creeping normality. Think of rising gas prices. They go way up so that then when they only come a little bit down, you think, oh, now we're saving money, even though they're still higher than they were before. Creeping normality. It is also used in business to reinforce that change needs to be gradual to be accepted. The term boiling frog syndrome is a metaphor used to describe the failure to act against a problematic situation, which will increase in severity until reaching catastrophic proportions. It thereby encapsulates the barely noticeable impact of slow environmental degradation that has been described by Daniel Pauly as shifting baselines. If you don't think we have shifting baselines going on at epic proportions right now in America, really across the globe, think again. We we are the frog that started in a pot of water where we could survive and the heat is coming on and slowly but surely that frog is going to boil to its death. Catastrophic outcomes. Why do I think this? I don't think it. I know it. And I'll tell you why next. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity with your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. So the boiling frog, who is the frog? I believe America is the frog. America started as an idea of freedom, of being able to determine your own destiny, of being able to use the freedom around you to build a family, find a job, create, invent, innovate, get education if you want it. And it was all up to you. And the government was there to keep things safe, make sure that foreign or domestic terror was not going to happen. To, to take care of war, et cetera. And then you had lo lo local authorities that took care of local problems, 
police, sheriffs, you name it. But the government, when they started taxing people, discovered, wow, we've got a lot, we've got a lot of money here. We can do a lot of great things. And then people started asking for free things, you know, and quite frankly, the government started buying voters by giving them those free things. So right now in America, we're talking about student debt and the president of the United States has decided that he can give student loan relief. This isn't relief, folks. When you take out a loan, you sign a paper that says, I will pay this back. Now he's saying, oh, you don't have to pay that back. We'll take care of that for you because, you know, things are tough. Things have always been tough and things will always be tough. They're going to get tougher if we continue on this catastrophic spending uh, spree that this country is on. But here's the thing. Everyone that takes out a loan knows, signs their name to the to the idea that this is not the idea, but the fact that they're going to pay the, this back. It is their fiduciary obligation to pay back that loan. So if we wanted as a country to decide, you know, maybe we should help some of these kids out. They've been overcharged, whatever. The first thing I would hope we would do is hold the colleges and universities accountable and say, you got, you got to bring tuition down and, you know, maybe refund these kids some of their money. Not the taxpayers, but Biden is telling us that every taxpayer in America should help solve the problems of a few. Uh, okay, you could say it's more than a few. You could say it's 10 million people with student loan debt. But what about you? Are you one of those? So look at your neighbor across the street, maybe. Maybe he's a grocer. Maybe he's a lawyer. Maybe he's a plumber. Maybe she is a bookkeeper. Maybe she is a teacher. Is it really his or her, your neighbor's responsibility to pay back your student loans? Because that's what's happening. This isn't magic money that's coming out of the treasury that somehow just appeared. Woohoo! Let's pay off the loans. No, this is taxpayer money. And a lot of taxpayers never went to college because either A, they couldn't afford it. B, they didn't want to. C, they saw the size of the student loan they were going to have to take out. And they said, I can't afford to repay that. So I'm not going to do that. Or D, they just found work without going to college. So these are the people who are supposed to pay off your college loans. Again, these are loans. You were not entitled to these. College is not an entitlement. Now, here comes an argument. And I don't remember the congressperson who was beating this drum earlier this week on this topic who said, we shouldn't be paying for college in the first place. It should be free. Oh, doesn't that sound good? Free college for everyone. Free college for everyone. That feels good. But think about the facts first. Let's do some second level thinking here. If college is free, well, first of all, nothing is. How do you, you know, pay the teachers, the instructors? They've, they've got to be paid, right? The professors, the administrators, they all have to be paid. Who's going to pay them? If college is free for all of you that want to go, who's going to pay the teachers? Well, the taxpayers, of course. The taxpayers. So college isn't free then. Because almost every American has some skin in the game. So college isn't free. 
Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Now the taxpayers are paying for college. Okay, so that's not free college. Do we understand? Is that that's simple math, folks? Although I know math is racist, so I guess uh, maybe people haven't been taught it. And many people in public schools are not proficient at fourth grade level math. So I'm trying to make this easy and I'm trying to, this is the other part of it that pisses me off. We have schools in Baltimore and Chicago, free schools. Because public school is free for kids. They're not doing the job. They had 23 schools tested in Baltimore for fourth grade reading proficiency. Zero kids were proficient. Zero. So now you're saying, well, that's free education. Why isn't it working? Obviously, the schools aren't being held accountable for what they're getting taxpayer funds to do. This is going on in Chicago. It's going on everywhere. I happen to reside in Minnesota and the achievement gap between inner city schools and the more uh, suburban schools is massive. That shouldn't be. They're all public schools. Why aren't they the same? Why isn't everyone getting the same education? Free stuff doesn't necessarily do the job. There's no competition in public schools now. So if you make every college and university free, public, publicly paid for, publicly financed, who's going to compete? Who are going to be the Stanford's and North Carolina's and University of Texas Austin's of the world? Who are going to be those great schools that want to stand out and be competitive? So you want free college. But somebody has to pay for it. So it ain't free. So don't go selling it to people as though it's free. And those of you that think they're telling you the truth, they're not. Look at your pay stubs. Look at the taxes being taken out. Understand that it is tax money that they are using. John, you want to jump in? Yeah, I think uh, it should be pointed out that in any other context where lenders are borrowing money and the prospects of being able to 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 make that that money back and pay back that loan were so so poor this would be seen as predatory lending the essentially the bailout proposal is an indictment of the education system we're asking for it to happen all over again by proposing a bailout and saying let's just clean the slate the universities are going to take the exact opposite uh, uh message that we want to send there we want to send a message of responsibility that that it's time to uh, tighten belts they're going to increase prices they're going to keep doing it only to a greater degree 
if these kids because get out of school and can't literally get a job that will help that will allow them to pay back the loan that they took out to go to school, then it wasn't worth going to school. This is a product now where <laughs> the value is dropping out the bottom. They're giving away these things to anybody apparently who can get onto the rowing team. And and and, and the value isn't there anymore. This it's an indictment of the system. They need to yeah, it is. There needs to be serious a serious look at, at what these colleges spend. You're right. The universities and the colleges are the ones should be on the hook for this. Uh, they tell every kid you're going to be a ditch digger unless you go to college. That's just not true anymore. It's not uh, true. The, the private sector is already making adjustments. Places like uh, I think it was Apple is looking right at high school students and saying, skip college. We'll teach you what you need to know and come work for us and make money right off the bat. And that right is going to continue. And why wouldn't you? Exactly. And you know what? If that continues, hallelujah. A- amen. I will be. I will be all in favor of that continuing. If corporate America says, skip college, we'll train you in what you need to know, whether it's coding, whether it's sales, whether it's marketing, whether it, whatever it is, mm-hmm. we will train you. Be- and don't go spend exactly. you know, 80 grand a year. That can help correct. And, and- the, the other thing I would mention is this is just not good for schools to have the value of their, I mean, there is value in these universities. You know, there's no doubt in that. It's important that people study things beyond just the hard sciences. There is value in all that. But when there's no value, when you get out with your degree in basket weaving, you know, the trend that sets, it's just bad all around for our education system. Sending these kids out into the workforce unprepared uh, without the skills to actually pay back their loans. It's it's preying on, on students. It's preying on young Americans who are simply trying – they're taking the advice and they're taking the word of people who they deem to know more than them. And we're taking advantage well, of them. And that's what we do with politicians and government officials every day, by the way, as well. We trust these politicians. We trust government. Why? Because it has a seal next to the name. You know, it's got this officialness to it. That doesn't make it right. That doesn't make it smarter than you. That doesn't make it good. Uh, again, let's go back to free elementary school, free high school. They're not doing the job. And so, I mean, we are leaving so many kids behind. And this idea that everything should just be free, free, free. Again, the other part of this I want to focus on. When you make stuff free, somebody's got to control it. Somebody's got to figure out, okay, even if I get all these tax dollars, great. Now I've got to make education free. So I've got to, I've got to get, I've got to pay the employees. I've got to pay the janitors. I've got to pay the the coaches. I've got to pay the instructors, the administrators. So that, well, let's see here. Uh, Which administrator really should make what? I mean, is there a standard amount? Should it be merit-based? Oh, hell no. Take merit out of it. Merit's gone out the window. So there are people who are making these decisions about how this money is spent. And you're going to trust them to make the best decisions for all of our education. Furthermore, they can control the content. They can control what you learn. They can control, as many public schools do now, what the curricula is. You want that or do you want a choice? This is America. You want choice. Now, how does this relate to free medical care, health care? I'll get to that after this.
All right. Speaking of free lunches, because there is no such thing. Um, again, there is no, th- there's a very good reason that phrase was born. There's no such thing as a free lunch. And if we continue to make things free, uh, we could run out of a lot of things. It, it makes a lot of sense. You don't want to run out of food. So this notion of survival food, man, I, I'll tell you what, I'm hearing some things around the world about people who shelves are just empty in stores to think that that couldn't happen here in America, I think is naive anymore. Uh, There was a time I would think that would never happen here in America, but I don't think that anymore. I think that (laughs) we've seen so much, anything can happen. So survival food, more important than ever. And you can keep your own stockpile right in your pantry, your basement, wherever you want, because we've got fourpatriots.com. This is food that is hand-packed right in a family-owned facility in the USA, giving jobs to Americans. Compact, sturdy, water-resistant, stack easily. The, you, they have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners, easy to prepare. And if you go to fourpatriots.com and use the code Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-E, you get 10% off your first purchase. First purchase, say that five times fast, on anything in the store, including this three-month survival kit. You'll get their famous year-long guarantee after your order, plus free shipping on orders over 97 bucks. And they're called Four Patriots because a portion of every sale is donated to charities that support veterans and their families. So just go to Four Patriots. It's the number four, patriots.com. Use code Michelle with one L to get 10% off. Fourpatriots.com, code Michelle. Start building your own stockpile today. So recently, this was disappointing a little bit. Martina Navratilova retweeted something. This guy went on a rant about in in Canada, he's so happy to pay more in taxes that will go to health care because there's a little boy down the road who needs it and an older guy across town who needs it. And I'm happy to give my money to pay for that. And again, that sounds great. It's virtuous. It's lovely. But it's first level thinking. And to act as though just, hey, if we all pool our money, everyone will get health care. No, that's not how it works. Because who decides? So again, you pool the money, right? You got a big bucket of money for health care. Who administers that bucket? Who oversees it? Who oversees the money in your household? Is it you, your partner? Who, Who is it? Your parents? Well, someone has to oversee that big bucket of healthcare money. You think that person's just going to make all the right decisions? And do you think there's going to be enough money to cover every single medical expense? Because when you have access to free healthcare, man, you want your toenail covered. You want your eyelash covered. You want everything taken care of. I, I couldn't, couldn't blame you. There won't be enough money to go around until you just bleed everybody dry. But that's that's the least of my concerns about this. It's the control aspect. Who controls the spending? You say, oh, well, we get to send people to Congress or to government that will represent us and do as we ask. Really? Have you looked at them lately? Have you looked at them spending? And by the way, if we get in a real bind and you know, maybe a war breaks out that we have to pay for, you know, gosh, we're running out of money. Let's just borrow from that healthcare bucket because we we can pay that back later or let's raise taxes. There are other ways to get this done. 
There are other ways to get this done. But if you think handing control over to the government is a safe way to live, you might want to move to China. You might want to move to Russia. You might want to move to Venezuela. Yeah. And find out what it is like to hand over control of all your money to somebody else. Well, it's only part of my money. I've got my stash at home. Do you? What if the government comes saying, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, we've got this poor kid who really needs more money, so we need to raise your taxes another 5%. Now what are you left with? Okay, also, if government has control over this entire bucket of healthcare money, how does it decide which hospitals get how much? Because that little hospital out in Paducah, Kentucky, well, they don't see enough patients. We'll just, we'll give them, you know, You've got to ration and you've got to prioritize people. Who's going to get the kidney? Who's going to get the money? Who's going to get the finances that they need to take care of themselves? We have to have some choice in the matter. So insurance is one real, and I, I am ready for those arguments. Oh, they're ripping us off. They're, okay. There are so many different insurance companies and plans out there. And, and, you know, in this country now we have the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare, which, from what I understand, asks men to have maternity care for themselves. Now, in the world as we're looking at it right now, I guess that makes sense, right? Because men can have babies too. I mean, so... If you look at this bucket of money that everyone's so kindly pitched into to care for all the people out there, and then your turn comes and you've got cancer. Oh, Mr. Smith, um, we see that you have cancer. It's slow growing and we have people who are prioritized ahead of you. And um, so we're going to just watch it and monitor it because right now you don't qualify for the funding. You don't qualify for the funding that takes care of your particular type of cancer. And by the way, Mr. Smith, you're, you're 79. So we're going to prioritize the people who are 50 and under before we, we pay. You've lived a good long life. It's, these are the tough decisions we in the government have to make. I know everyone thinks, oh, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. People look around. Note how government dollars are spent. Do you feel like inner city schools get enough money? And even if they do, are they, are they spending it right? I mean, we have given up so much power to the government that we as independent citizens have become smaller and smaller and less powerful. It, we are the frog. <laughs> We're in the water. We're in this big pot of water. And slowly, slowly, the more we, we oh, let's pass one more law. This law, this one's so minor, it really isn't going to change much. Let's raise taxes by one penny per family. That, that's just not going to change much. So don't worry. It's just one cent until they do it over and over and over and over again. Now it's not just one cent anymore, is it? Now it's not just one law anymore, is it? It's a layer upon layer upon layer of regulation, of red tape, of all kinds of things that the government controls and you don't.
you know, and, and in this day and age, we have crowd crowdsource funding. We have all this great stuff that if you feel really strongly, Martina Navratilova, that you want to help a child or someone in need, like you can go find them and you can take your money, but not your neighbors. You can take your money and go donate it to St. Jude's, to whichever hospital you like. That's you, you are completely free to do that. For now, you're free to do that. You can do that. You can go onto any crowdsourcing app you want and find someone in need that you want to help. You can do that. Go have at it. But you have no right to tell everyone that they should feel the same way that you do. No right at all. That's not what freedom's about. That's not what democracy is about. That's not what liberty is about. You don't get to say what everyone else does with their money. Now, taxpayers, they owe a certain level of tax. And yes, we get what we vote for. And we haven't been very smart as a nation. I, I'm hoping that reverses itself somehow. But for the moment, you don't get to tell me how to spend my money. And don't look at anyone else around you and say, well, you're rich. You've got a Don't tell anyone how to spend their money. Anyone. Everyone has the opportunity to pursue financial freedom. And if someone tells you you don't, I would throw them a bird, if you know what I mean. If someone tells you you don't have the talent or the control or the, the, the agency over your own life to go make the kind of money you want to make so that you can donate it to charities, so that you can do whatever it is you want to do with your money, I'd walk away from that person. Because now you've just given another bit of your power away to somebody else to make the decision for you to change your mind to tell you that you can't do something. That's yeah. Thank you, Jersey. He agrees. He hates it when I tell him what to do. Boy, does he hate that. So again, it's the, it, it's, you're giving up power at every turn. You're giving up control over your life at every turn. When are you going to stop? What's it going to take to make you stop? All right, quick break. And then we'll wrap it up with some stuff about misgendering right after this. All right. How is your liver? I ask with all sincerity because uh, the latest data from the American Heart Association indicates that adults with fatty liver are three and a half times more likely to have heart failure than those without. All right. So what are the chances you have fatty liver? Well, the American Liver Foundation says that 100 million Americans have fatty liver. 100 million. That means a lot of people then are at risk for heart failure. We throw so much at our livers, whether it's alcohol, toxins, cigarettes, statins. That's why so many of us have this sluggish fatty liver that makes us gain weight and lose energy. It's, it's bleh. For decades now, your liver has helped you with over 500 key functions every day. So it's time you start helping your liver. There is a solution. It's called Liver Health Formula, an all-natural supplement containing 12 clinically proven botanicals that help recharge and protect your liver. And it's made right here in the USA, approved by American doctors. So if you're looking to ignite your fat-burning metabolism, boost your energy, and transform how you look and feel, try Liver Health Formula. And 
get five free gifts when you order today. You'll get a free bottle of nano-powered omega-3 to help keep your heart healthy. You'll also get four free eBooks to support every aspect of your health. Try Liver Health Formula by going to getliverhelp.com slash sideline. Getliverhelp.com slash sideline. Get those five free bonus gifts. Getliverhelp.com slash sideline. The other part of death by inches or death by a thousand cuts or the frog in the pot of boiling water is, is speech. And and I'm going to tell you why I'm, (laughs) this is really hitting home with me right now. I've had multiple speaking engagements. I just had another speaking engagement canceled because the people who were making the decisions didn't like one line from my podcast about Lisa Guerrero which you can hear if you subscribe or jump on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Me of multiple miscarriages said something about her miscarriage, her single miscarriage, and they didn't like that. And I don't think they listened to the whole podcast to determine what I said. I think they saw something in Sports Illustrated and decided that Sports Illustrated's take on what I said was going to inform their decision to cancel my speaking engagement. And even my agent, with whom I'm sometimes politically aligned, not always, said to me, oh, my gosh, Michelle, you got to be able to say what you want to (laughs) say. Yeah. And my husband, who's very centrist, said that money from that speaking engagement, that opportunity isn't worth giving up your voice. And I want you all to think about that, because that's that is a huge part of where we are right now. I mentioned misgendering out in LA. There's a case against a child molester, hell child rapist who decided after he raped the 10 year old girl that he was going to become trans. And the fact of the matter is this male raped this little female girl. And in some paperwork, the prosecutor that is working on this case called this man, he or him. Oh, did all hell break loose. And he was suspended. So this goes to the bigger problem of this rapist being then put in a a jail or a prison situation with other females. Do you see where this is going? But the the issue is that this man was suspended Uh, starting in 1920, uh, 2020, rather, not 1920, 2020. Uh, we started to say some really dumb things. John, my producer, and I were talking about this before the show. We, and I think it was there was the Trump derangement syndrome that had everyone going crazy. Then we had COVID. And even now, when the Department of Energy comes out and says COVID likely came from the lab in Wuhan, or as John Stewart said, gee, there's a chocolate explosion near Hershey, Pennsylvania. I wonder what happened. Well, gee, there was a COVID outbreak near a lab in Wuhan. I mean, this common sense question was labeled a conspiracy theory by people in the media, by people in government, and immediately there was a consensus. It's been debunked. It's wrong. It's been debunked. It's Incorrect. Dr. Dr. Fauci says so. Well, guess what? 
We've had a few years to look back and analyze and study and look at statistics. And now it appears there is a consensus forming that this did come from a Wuhan, the lab in Wuhan. But the White House said, well, we're not really calling this a consensus yet. Okay, hold on a second. We had a consensus within five minutes of the outbreak that it was not man-made, that it did not come from that lab. That We reached that consensus like that, like in a heartbeat. And anyone who dared to question that notion was called everything from a racist to a homophobe to a xenophobe to a misogynist to a conspiracy theorist to a tinfoil hatter. Think about that. Within days of it even being tossed out there that this might have originated at the Wuhan lab, people said, no, 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 no. And that's the consensus. And Dr. Fauci says so. But with all this time having passed and having studies done and and investigation and intel, there's this growing consensus that it did come from the Wuhan lab, but the White House and so many in the media will not accept that. Including our friend Stephen Colbert, who told the Department of Energy to stay in their lane, that how could they possibly know anything about this? He said that. Except that it was Jon Stewart sitting on Stephen Colbert's set who said, gee, that's strange. We had a a coronavirus come out of a Wuhan area where, where there was a lab nearby. He was being very sarcastic on purpose, facetious, if you will, you know, to suggest that why is that a dumb idea? Stephen Colbert didn't say anything to Jon Stewart. This was a couple of years ago or a year or so ago. Didn't say anything. But now that the Department of Energy, and I and I grant you, I've just said to you for the last 20 minutes, why do we trust government? But they're the ones with the intel on this. This is the one thing I do want government to do is investigate, find out what went wrong, find out how we prevent this stuff again. But Stephen Colbert says, nope, stay in your lane. We are in an era of craziness I never imagined was possible. We have people saying it's blue, the sky, and others saying, no, that's wrong. That's, an, you know, that's my example. I, I just don't know what's going on. But I do know that people read headlines they trust the media, some of them. They watch shows on TV that are so, so, so heavily one-sided and don't allow for other opinions. They shout down other opinions. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, this to me is one of the most frightening parts of what's happening to America. Freedom of speech and being attacked for what you believe or what you want to say. I mean, we listen to everyone tell us, no, 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 it didn't come out of the lab. But no one wants to listen to, yes, 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 it very well could have come out of the lab. We listen to masks will stop the spread. And now we're seeing incredible studies, thorough, well-vetted studies saying masks didn't do a damn thing. But there's really 
no room for honest debate about these things. No one wants to talk about it. They just want to shout you down or call you names. And so I'm calling on anyone who's listening right now. Don't let the name calling affect you. You got to be stronger than that. Have the courage to stand up to it and say, sorry, we disagree. Or if you really know the person's wrong, just say, I'm sorry, you're wrong. It is not right for people to decide how your money is spent. It is not right for people, other people to decide what you say, what you can say without being punished for it. I mean, I saw a tweet on, and again, the Twitterverse is poison, right? But once in a while, I see some really reasonable people or interesting people who just throw out ideas or thoughts and I go, huh, that makes me think. But there's this notion that everyone's attacking John Fetterman now, quote unquote, because he has depression. No. No. Anyone that attacks a man for having depression is not a legitimate mind, is not someone you pay any attention to. That's just dumb, ignorant, stupid, insensitive, unempathetic. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Bad, bad, bad. I think what people are talking about right now is John Fetterman, the senator from Pennsylvania, is in the hospital suffering from some pretty severe depression. And his wife just piled up the kids and went to Canada. And this is a senator. This is one of 100 voices in Washington who helped fashion and, and pass legislation. I think we have the right to be concerned. And then they say, oh, they, they make fun of, they attack. Again, the word is attack. Joe Biden because of a stutter. Honestly, I didn't know Joe Biden was ever a stutter until this person posited this, did a little research. He may have had a stutter long ago. People aren't attacking Joe Biden's stutter. And by the way, if he were doing a bang up job, they wouldn't attack anything. They wouldn't criticize anything, but he's not doing a bang up job. And he does not look on top of things. And we're allowed to say that in this country. And then they said, oh, they're attacking Jill Biden, the first lady, even though she's had some cancer scares. Uh, and the and the the problem I have with it as well is that this doesn't go both ways. These same people that feel their side is being attacked will attack the other side at the first open possibility, the very first chance they get. So save it. Do something more productive with your time. And I want to encourage everyone listening, be productive with your time, love people, laugh, share good moments, read, inform yourself, listen to both sides, engage in civil debate. And for crying out loud, be brave and do good. Thanks for listening to Sideline Sanity. Three
retired general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.